This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 171 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. And again today we have our producer, Glenn, with us. Hey, Hi, Glenn. I don't know about you guys, but what a week. It's just been a week. We have had a busy, a busy one for sure here in Kentucky. It's been one of those. What have you weeks? been up to, Reese? Well, we have a horse show this week here at the horse park. And um, as we all know, I love having the horse park so close. But then I end up taking five horses in a three-horse trailer. So as you can imagine, <laughs> that means yeah, uh, uh, that means that I am, I am making a few trips back and forth to the horse park. I am good at driving now to the horse park, which is excellent. And uh, we took uh, a couple horses today, a young, a young mare doing training level. And then I took my Denali and Philip. I was brave today, and all our listeners, as Philip has mentioned, uh, sometimes I'm not the bravest with young ones, but my Denali was so good today. I lunged him for a few minutes because uh, the horse park is uh, it's, it's quite an open area, and there are like seven rings, and there's all kinds of things, tents and porta-potties and all kinds of things. Um, but he was wonderful, and he was so good, and I popped right on, and he did. We walked all over, and I was so proud of him. So uh, he is going to be very broke by the time he comes home on Sunday. So. You didn't go in the ring, though, did you? Uh, you know what? I didn't. Uh, I did not compete him. Uh, he turned four. His birthday was on the second of September, so he turned four. And you know, I really decided this year, and we've been talking about this in our segments, and we're going to talk about it today um, a little further with the developing Prix St. George and, and developing Grand Prix with Caroline Rothman and Lisa Wilcox. But um, I wanted to not take him in the ring right now. I really wanted him to just come and go to the horse show and, and see the sights and not have the pressure of, oh, we have to be ready at this time and we have to be braided. And so I have spent the last part of the summer just doing non-compete with him and taking him to the show. And, and so I feel like I can take my time a little more and we can walk around the judge's booth and, and that kind of thing. Um, he's a horse that I would have loved to have done the young horse program with. I, I, and then maybe as a five-year-old, he'll, he'll catch up to the curve, but you know, he's six months younger than everyone else, essentially, being a September baby. And, and I, I really want him for the future for me. So I've taken my time with him. So uh, I, And I'm glad, great with that decision. And I was just so proud of him today and, and glad I'm not showing tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, no yeah. pressure is perfect. You know what I thought she was going to say, Philip? I thought she was yeah. going to say, I was so brave with him, I entered him in a jumper class. <laughs> you gotta know better than that. Yeah, you gotta know better than that. I was ready to fall off my seat. Yeah, yeah. No, I did jump him the other day here at the farm. There was intentionally. A, yeah, actually, we did walk over a fence. Um, I did. The pony that I have here, who's wonderful, um, was jumping, and so I decided that I would walk over. And I will tell you, I don't think 
he's a jumper per se. Uh, yeah, we all four stepped, legs on it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> every single one, and like took the fence down. I was like, seriously, man, all you had to do was pick your feet up. So, um, I am actually pro jumping my young horse. I have a, a professional jumper rider that comes and jumps my third level horse and a couple other horses here. So I'm pro jumping, not me actually taking them over the fence. <laughs> but I think I may save my money. How about <laughs> you? Just the last say- time you jumped a horse, yeah. Um, you know, I got hurt really badly when I was young, um, jumping. And so I actually am quite scared to jump, uh, especially the really, you know, the horses that I have here, especially Winnie, who I'm showing third and fourth level now, uh, she can really jump high and strong and, and I'm just not, I, I'm fearful. Uh, I don't mind doing cavalettis and, and poles on the ground, but, uh, you know, yeah, I am fearful about it. So I happily write a check for the jumper rider Craig Shegog uh, jumps for me and, and yeah so I think again I, I know my limitations like I said I got hurt um, so I'm I'm not very good at it uh, and plus <laughs> I was terrible which is probably why I got hurt so I, I leave the jumping to other people leave it to the professionals that's what they say right? <laughs> yes leave it to the professionals so I happily write the check every week <laughs> but I may save my money on Denali I don't think that's our calling so, Philip, I'm dying since I was just very honest about my jumping skills. I want to hear about your bad jumping skills. Any any skills in that department? I'm going to be not honest and tell you I have awesome jumping skills. <laughs> <laughs> he was an inventor uh, before he although, became a Although the last writer. time I jumped was maybe, let's say it was two summers ago. Um, it was just some clients that was having trouble with a horse and they asked if I would jump on it and do some low jumps with it it was a sales horse and, and and i said you know okay no problem and and um you know i was really thinking like you know i haven't jumped in a while but it'll be okay and i'll just do it and you know i you know i did some, some small x's and stuff and then the next week and i just started to get you know a little braver and a little braver about it again and then is like, it brave or I, stupid brave it's or stupid. a little both i guess because i ended up like <laughs> jumping this horse and his problem was he would get like after the fence he would get kind of dumb and then like and so for all the small stuff I was just trying to you know get rhythmical and blah 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 dressage style right but then I'm like I pointed him at this oxer was it's not very high but anyways I just pointed him at this oxer I went over it and then like he came down on the other side and like a stride after he just buried his head between his legs I you know and I just totally got dumped and right on my butt and it hurt and I thought and then I just thought yeah I know why I don't do this <laughs> yeah well so at least we're being honest I know like I you know I used to jump a little bit and I would fall off all the time and when I was younger that was fine and uh and and then hurts it's, more now doesn't it it's now it's not so fine and so yeah, I think yeah. that was the last time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm also not very good. And, and I, <laughs> you know, the problem is the confidence goes up too quickly. And then I learned my lesson. And then probably in another <laughs> couple of years, I'll try it again and we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, we want, we want some video footage of yeah, this. Yeah, I'll let you. That's I'll, all I got to say. I'll get it. I'll get it. Yeah, we'll put that on our, on our Facebook page, everybody, for sure. So, well, this week in the news, um, there's, there's been some news this week. Uh, we have to congratulate Great Britain on all their success at the Para Dressage Championships in, in London. Again, they were phenomenal. They just continued a long string of gold medals. That, that, what a year for Great Britain this year. Congratulations. I hope they're celebrating. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. They are. I saw pictures. They had a yeah, great team. I, think, I, want, yeah, I want to be on that celebration. That would be really fun. 
So congratulations and having it in their home country is even better. And uh, so congratulations to all their riders and our riders as well. They did a great job and all the riders in para dressage should uh, be commended because they work so very hard and even harder than we have to work. So very, very cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. And other news this week, Reese, um, the World Cup Dressage for Young Riders has been canceled. I guess for now, the venue, the Frankfurt show is not going to hold it. Um, so they're, they're, I think they're scrambling to look for another venue to hold that, uh, that competition. I know, and that's that's a shame because it's it's a great uh, Brandy Ronick who was on the uh, on our show a few uh, right for at the Young Rider wrap up. She was going to go, and and I saw on her Facebook she's very you know sad that that's not going to happen. So I have been personally to that show, and it's a great show. Um, so I hope they find a new venue for that. So Philip, I am so excited for all the female dressage riders out there that the first woman German head coach was announced. This week, Monica Titorescu, and I'm so very excited. How cool is that? I think it's fantastic. I mean, with all the the you know the great female riders taking all the top spots in the world, you know, it just was a matter of time before one was named to uh, the German top position as coach. So I think the sad part is that she will no longer be competing as she was going to devote all of her energy into the the coaching position and uh you know she's had some wonderful horses in the past and has done really well for germany so you know they gain a coach they lose a rider hopefully it all goes well oh i think she'll be great and she speaks five languages that i i'm impressed that's incredible eh? i know i'm so excited i can't wait for her to to kind of show the boys how it's done that's all i gotta say <laughs> ladies <laughs> uh, fantastic i guess another top female rider um officially yes. charlotte desjardins takes over the top uh, spot in the fei world rankings as the the best dressage rider out there right now with her partner Vallegro. we saw them at the olympics take the gold so this was just a matter of time i think uh, yeah i think so too and uh you know again she was so stellar at the olympic games uh so it's it's neat to see her number one for sure so Adelinda Cornelison takes over the second spot with Parseval, and uh, Helen Langdon-Hannenberg and Damon Hill are in third now. I know, and then um, and then Laura Bushleheimer and Mistral Yours is in, they're in fourth. So hugely uh, strong and talented group in the top four. All ladies. Uh, yeah, so, the guys uh, have to get going now. And yeah, you know, I know you gotta you gotta work a little harder. Well, I don't boys. know what's going on. I gotta have to send some emails <laughs> and get these horses going or doing something different. Cause, yeah, uh, you, you should do something. You should do something <laughs> for sure. What can I say? So who do we have on today, Reese? Who's going to be our uh, our today? We have. We have Lisa Wilcox, we um who won the developing horse uh, pre Saint. Oh, sorry, great. We have Caroline Rothman who won the developing horse pre Saint George, and Angela Walkup who is Horse Girl TV. She's going to give us a fitness tip, and we're going to start our interviews after a short break from Equestrian Collections. Glenn back with you from the Horse Radio Network. I'm here with Debbie with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. You know, I want to ask all of our listeners, 
doesn't it just make you crazy when your spray bottle just doesn't work? It either leaks or it breaks and you're squishing that thing and nothing comes out and you can't get underneath your horse. Well, I have the perfect product. It's the Kelly Just Anyway Spray Bottle Nozzle. For less than $2 and a half, we send you this spray bottle nozzle. You can put it in any spray bottle, you know, of the normal size that you use for your, for your fly spray and stuff. And you can go underneath the horse. It works upside down. It works and it doesn't course. leak? It doesn't leak. And, oh, you know, it doesn't break. It, these things, I am always throwing them out and getting new ones in. And these are really, really good. We completely, you we use them here, and we just think they're great. Um, the, the, it's a 9-inch little hose there, but you can cut that off if you need, if you have a shorter bottle. So, you know, you can. it works in several other types of bottles. And for $2.50, it would make the perfect little gift for somebody at your barn that's having a birthday or, you know, for stocking stuffer as the holidays approach it's just and they're in stock too so get them while they're hot well I, and it doesn't leak right <laughs> because that's the worst thing. You're in there spraying. You turn the bottle over to get the bottom of the horse, and it leaks all over your hands. And then you got to wash your hands. you got fly spray all over you. It, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, it's one of those things we all have to deal with as horse people that, that I didn't know there was a solution for. So now there's a solution for less than two and a half bucks. You might as well buy ten of them and replace all your bottles. Well, that's exactly right. And you can go on our website, www.equestriancollections.com, and just search for Just Anyway Spray Bottle, and it'll come right up for you. Terrific. Equestriancollections.com. Thanks, Glenn. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me. So we want to jump right in, and you were the winner of the Developing Horse Pre-St. George, and can you tell us a little bit about uh, kind of the whole program for the Developing Horse Pre-St. George? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a really wonderful program. Um, they actually have a similar program in Europe, um, and it really creates a pipeline for horses to get to the, you know, the FEI ring. Um, it, it gives them somewhere to go from the four, five, six-year-old championships, um, it's a pre-St. George level um, equivalent test. You actually ride the pre-St. George and the young horse pre-St. George test, which, again, is sort of just a rearranged um, pre-St. George. Um, basically, you have to qualify. Um, you need two scores, um, but you can have a drop score if you do three shows. For instance, the third would be the drop score. Um, at, at certain level shows, so it would have to be a rated show that's qualified for judging that test. Um, much like the young horse, you can't just go to any show and get your scores there. Um, basically, I think it has to do with the level of the judge and, of course, the, the rating of the show. But basically, you qualify, and the top, I believe it's 15, but it might be 12, uh, horse and rider combinations make it to the championship um, where they ride two tests, um, one counting, I think, 40% and the other 60 to, to get a, a you know national champion. Um, so it's pretty much same sort of outline as, as the other young horse programs. Now, um, developing PSG is for what age of horses? What, what, how old is the horse that qualifies? It has to be, I believe, seven to nine years old, um, and that's the year they turn. Um, it, you know, it's basically shows you the progression a horse should naturally take. Um, of course, injuries and certain horses develop slower, 
faster than others, but um, I think every rider probably hopes that their young horse develops to do a pace and George between seven and nine. I think it's really an appropriate group. Um, you know, I, I have um, another horse or two next year that I hope to do that exact thing on again. That's come up through the young horse program, um, you know, i.e. the four, five, and six-year-olds, and it can sort of come out into this pre-St. George where it's, I want to say, more sheltered. Um, but, you know, but it is. It's, you know, obviously you're being judged against horses that have similar greenness and, and lack of experience. You know, you're not going against the horses that, had to show against, you know, a Gladstone or, a, or an international CDI competition where you have horses that might have done small tour or precinct Georgia one for five years. You know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more fair for these upcoming horses. So Caroline, if we, if, you know, let's say I had a seven-year-old and, and I was trying to decide uh, if I wanted to take this horse and let's say it hasn't done the young horse program, how would you decide on what type of horse to take into the program? You know, first of all, you know, for instance, the horse I actually showed uh, this year, Her Highness, she had not done the Young Horse Program. I got the horse as a seven-year-old, so, you know, she didn't have that opportunity. Um, that being said, there is no type. Um, I mean, I think that's the beauty of our sport. You know, you look at the top 12 horses in, in the Olympics or in the world, and you have so many different types of horses. You have you have Spanish horses. You have, you know, sort of more old-fashioned horses. You have, you know, these sort of light and, and thoroughbred-y types of horses. It's, it's really not that, and that's the beauty of it. I think that it's to show off a well-trained, well-displayed, happy horse doing a certain level. Uh, of course, it's a certain age. I don't think there's a certain type. If your horse is ready, I don't, I don't think it matters. I, I think it would be great to see some, you know, different flavors of horses in there. And, and I'm sure through the years, we'll start seeing, uh, you know, some maybe Spanish horses and who knows a Frisian here or there and, and whatnot. But I, I think it's, it really doesn't matter what type of horse it is. I think it's more about the training and, and the age and, 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 you know, their performance with their rider. So... So how do you decide if the horse is ready? I mean, uh, I mean, I have some horses at the barn, and, and it's even tough to decide whether to go fourth level or St. George because they're kind of close in their, in their training. I mean, the, horse, the horses at this level have to be confirmed at St. George. You know, they have to be able to perform all the movements really well, or, you know, how, how do you decide? You know, I think that's a, that's a really personal question, and I think if you... If you're looking to do this and you have a trainer, it's something you should discuss with them. If, if you don't have a trainer, maybe some insight from peers or, or people you respect or whatnot. But I think that for me personally, I, you know, I show, I try to show a horse, the, you know, the level in which I can go and show the horse to the best of their abilities. To me, horse shows are fun. A lot of people are stressed at horse shows and a lot of people get nervous. I, I honestly, I'm very lucky because usually not always, but usually I'm having so much fun because I'm showing off my horse. I'm showing what a nice horse I think this horse is. You know, it was it was so wonderful to compete, for instance, this year with Her Highness because it was a pleasure. It was just all about, look at this horse. Look how nice it is and look how she can develop. And it was really, she was, you know, being appropriately you know, shown at a level she was comfortable at. Was was there things in the test that, you know, I couldn't have done with my eyes closed? Absolutely. I, I came across a diagonal from my freeze and thought, well, let's see what happens. You know, it's a young horse. It's not, it's not so black and white. But, um, you know, I don't show horses 
I try not to show horses, and I, I recommend clients and, and owners or people that I ride for that we don't show horses until they are 70%, you know, obviously anything can happen and whatever can go wrong, but a 70% horse at that level. So my recommendation is, is when your horse is comfortably doing the prison George at home, you go and try it at a show. And you don't try it in a qualifier. You try it at a local show or, uh, you know, whatever is, is easiest. And you just go to the test and you get the opinions of a judge and you see what you need to work on. If you go to the show and you realize, that is really quite easy. Okay, I need to make this a little better or that a little bit better. Then, then I think it's time you can do that. And if you go there and, and you, you can't get fours and you can't get threes and your pirouettes didn't happen and the horse didn't walk in the walker, I don't think you should show in, in that division. No. So, Caroline, you've been talking about Her Highness, which we love her name. Um, can you tell us a little bit about her, her breeding, and even how you got, or did she come with that name? It's a beautiful name. Well, you know, I, I always giggle when I when I hear We call her Hannah at home. But um, coincidentally, she actually came to me because of the Young Horse Program. Um, a couple years ago, I think two or three years ago, I did the five-year-old championships. I was lucky I was riding my own horse, Bon Chance, and he actually won. And a, a, a spectator saw the ride and, and saw me working him throughout the week of being in Chicago. And you know, he was, he's very difficult, not difficult. He's a very temperamental horse. Um, and he had, she, this lady had seen some antics from him and was impressed with how it was handled and just how we train the horses and how we were working him. And she came up to me, um, during the show and said, I have a horse I'd like you to sell for me. And of course I was very, very honored. And, you know, I, it was, was exciting for me. Um, just basically, thinking about starting my own business at that point. So it was wonderful to hear somebody was already interested. Um, I took Jennifer Lind, um, was the woman that had come up to me, um, from Wolken Tonser Farm, uh, who's actually based in California now. She sent Hannah to me. Hannah was a seven coming eight year old or seven, maybe just turned seven, seven and a half year old, uh, mare. She had been a brood mare her whole life. She was, hadn't been ridden in years. She had had three foals. She had only been ridden for the mare performance test as a three-year-old. Um, so other than that, her training was very limited. Um, and to be honest with you, when she came, she was a holy terror. She would drag me out of the ring every day. She we couldn't canter her under saddle. She was, she was a head tosser. She would kick at the leg. She, I mean, she was really quite a, quite a little uh, difficult horse, really. Um, and I didn't know how good she was. Um, and Jennifer left her with me, and month after month she developed. And about six months later, I had her at about second, third level, and uh, actually, you know, really kind of started to see what was in there. Um, within the year, I had her sold, um, which luckily that, that fell through. And when that fell through, um, Jennifer offered to have me buy half of the horse and become partners with her, um, because at that point I really sort of had this inkling that the snare was special. Um, and I did that and really haven't looked back. Basically in two, two and a half years, the mare has gone from 45 days under saddle to, to prison Georgia one. Um, but she's a wonderful mare. She's a, actually German bred Hanoverian by Hohenstein um, out of a Weltmeyer mare, which is a, you know, really, I, I find it's a really nice mix. She's hot, but she has a brain and she's just really a, her name is totally correct. She's absolutely the queen. She looks at you and expects you to kiss her, her feet or give her candy or something. But she's absolutely a, a wonderful horse, and she's now really enjoying being a show horse. 
she uh, she's just a wonderful partner in the, in the ring and, and, of course, at home, too. So, Caroline, tell us about your experience at uh, Lamplight this year. Maybe any good stories or, uh, or you know, how, how things you went. Know, well, you know, uh, Lamplight's a wonderful, wonderful showground, and the owners, Chris and Steve, always want run a really wonderful horse show. It's beautiful. It's one of my favorite places to show every year. Um, I always look forward to being there. Um, you know, it was nice this year. We, we had pretty pretty nice weather. Um, some years past, it's been really hot or, or really rainy, and it was just wonderful. Um, you know, it's always great to catch up with horse people from across the country, and, and that's what you always get there. You get a wonderful mix of people. Um, you know, you have Californians, and you have basically every everybody um, from all all places in the U.S. that are, you know, sort of big in dressage even. Um, so it was a lot of fun. I, you meet new people every year and, you know, it's uh, see good horses. And, and you know what, I've seen, I've been there, I think, five five times in the last four or five years. I've been there five times. And yeah, I think that's right. Um, and every year I see it get stronger. You know, I, I think that the developing horse Prison George last year, which I competed in, also was not as strong a group as it was this year. Um, this year it was like, wow, there's like a, you know, a lot of special horses that you see going somewhere in the future. Um, so I think that's exciting. You know, it's, it's a great show and it's a wonderful program, whether it's a four, five, six developing Prison George or Grand Prix, it's a wonderful program. And I, and I really think that, you know, if people have the opportunity, they should do it. And, you know, Scott Hassler is wonderful with the young horses. And to have someone like him be able to help you, the shows is really, really, really uh, helpful. And he has so much experience at that. I always come away with something. But this year it was really special, too, because Debbie McDonald, who obviously is a pretty famous dressage rider, is uh, head of the developing horse and rider program. And she actually came this year um, and was, you know, there to help school those riders and horses in those divisions and she's wonderful and I had been able to work with her in Florida um, for some clinics and was really blown away and really inspired and I was able to work with her again there and again was just absolutely like so inspired and and came home with a lot of homework (laughs) but uh, she's really helpful and and you know it really was a great show a lot of fun. Oh, your enthusiasm it makes me want to go next year. It's awesome. So, Caroline, I just wanted to ask real quickly about your business. You've started a business, right? Yeah, um, Angel Otts, who actually competed and placed second to Lisa Wilcox this year in the developing Grand Prix. Um, he and I are business partners and have a business uh, in Wellington, Florida, year-round, uh, Lion Share Dressage. And we have been in business about a little under a year now. Um, we come from different backgrounds, but... Basically, um, we have a lot of sales horses and training horses and, of course, show horses and about, I think, I don't even know now, probably like 27 or 28 horses in the stable at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been able to sell, I think last season, we, or this past seven months, I think we sold 23 horses. We do all price ranges, all training levels. We teach, we travel to Europe to find horses and clinic, and it's so much fun and to be able to have a business with somebody that you're really good friends with uh it's like a dream come true so yes we we have a business and i'm so lucky to to have it with endel excellent so where can we find you online uh you can find us online at uh lionsharedressage.com 
Lyons, L-I-O-N-S-H-A-R-E, dressage.com. You can find all about our business and Enzo and myself there as well. Great. Thanks for coming on the show, Caroline. Thank you for having me again, and it was wonderful speaking to you guys. (laughs) Well, we thank Caroline for coming on and uh, having an interview with us today. Next, we have a commercial from Kentucky Performance Products, and right after that, we'll have Lisa Wilcox. Joint Armor from KPP provides your horse with the building blocks necessary to maintain healthy joints throughout his lifetime. Kentucky Performance Products Quality Assurance provides you with the confidence that you are purchasing a safe, high-quality product. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Joint Armor is concentrated and affordable. One jar lasts a whole 75 days. Joint Armor helps maintain fluid motion and flexibility in your horse's joints. It also supports normal cartilage development and reduces joint deterioration. Learn more about Joint Armor from Kentucky Performance Products and all their other terrific products at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Lisa, thanks so much for coming on our show tonight. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. We're honored to have you, and um, we want to jump right into the Developing Horse Grand Prix. This was the first year at Lamplight, and so can you tell us and, and our listeners all about the program and how you get involved, that type of thing? Okay. Now, of course, it lent itself for me um, perfectly for Pico del Ferro because he had just come out of the Developing Young Horse uh, uh, program last year, and uh, as you know, we won that. And it's very nice because coming out as an eight-year-old, although they can stay in that program through their ninth year, it's nice to have, when you're developing through the Grand Prix, you're starting to work with the Piaf and the Passage, it's nice to have that type of a test developed for the youngsters. Um, it's and especially through the I2, being able to warm up through the I2. These pee-offs are forward. Uh, they're inviting lines from a half pass to a pirouette. It, it gives the horses an idea of what's to come and helps you develop their strength in that direction. And uh, I was very grateful because the timing worked perfectly for Sarah. It happened to be too early to try to make any attempt for a team. Um, And as soon as they had um, released that they were going to have this program, I that's it. I have an entire year to work towards an I-2 and a, you know, I call it a baby Grand Prix. And, you know, developing horses, it's so important that they stay happy. You know, we always talk about the happy horse, but that their minds don't ever get, um, um, you know, they don't get frustrated. They don't, they don't get worried. They don't, that they, they enjoy their education. And so this was a very smooth transition and, uh, what have I spent now? Probably a year now. I think I started. I started working with the Piaf pretty religiously October first of last year. And as you see, it takes it takes at least a year just for them to grasp concepts, and then and then they begin to apply them. You would put them in a test, and they're put together in an inviting way 
that uh, encourages the horse throughout the test. And so, uh, anyway, we had a great time this season, this last, this, uh, at the championships. And I was so impressed. You know, you go in there, you don't have a whip. So you're testing all these things, all these concepts he's been learning for almost a year now and see, okay, so how far along is he? And, you know, he shows that he's very successful in what he's doing and he's doing it easily. And so now is now the step that I make, and I call it adult Grand Prix, that I would, uh, I think I'll have my very first adult Grand Prix in October, which will be a year. And then I will spend, in that particular Grand Prix, he'll spend a year developing there as well. So it's been, it's been a perfect way to introduce these new concepts to him at this age, nine, where you know, trying to take something like this and go, oh, I'm going to try and make the Olympics, I probably would have fried his little brain. So rather than, you know, it gave riders so uh, something to look toward and horses, you know, they continue the development, but there's a championship for young developing Grand Prix horses. Wow, perfect. And that's uh, basically what we did. We jumped on it and you never know how fast the horse is going to develop. Were we going to be ready for the championships or not? That was just, we'd give it a uh, good college effort, and if we were ready, we'd go. And of course, you have to qualify, so the scores alone but uh, are very important. But um, it worked out perfectly. I couldn't have been happier with, with how this program worked for us. Alisa, tell us about um, your qualifying process. Did you bring him out right away and you were confident about this program? Uh, did you get your scores right away? And what kind of scores are required for the championships? Well, I, I, first of all, I was piddling around in I2. I was, and the program hadn't <laughs> been off yet. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of getting my bearings in the I2. And I'll never forget the owner, Ann Sparks, goes, oh, this is program. And I was like, oh, oh, not yet, not yet, not yet. And uh, I just felt like, oh, I'm not sure. And then I looked at the test over and I thought, well, actually, you know what? That is quite an inviting test. I was a little worried about the patterns. And um, so the beginning of last season, long story short, I was I was working through the I-2 and I think I started my first qualifier was probably in February, I'm thinking. I'm not exactly sure on that. And um, you need to have, I believe, and and this is horrible on my part, but I think you need to have more than 64% or 60. Might even be less than that for the Grand Prix. But my, Sarah was always getting 69.70s. And my last qualifying, my last, what did I get? I think I got a 74. My last qualifier wow. last season. Yeah, that's how wow. well he's doing going wow. into so, this. So, Lisa, yeah. what were some training? I mean, what, the Piaf and Passage, were there anything, you know, your your pitfalls or things that were hard for him to, to change from the developing pre-St. George to the developing Grand Prix? Oh, that, that's elite. That's huge. Uh, the Piaf, <laughs> of course, is, is a movement that... Um, takes quite a bit of coordination, obviously the passage as well, but you start with the piaf because you need the hind leg for the piaf quick. 
You don't want to start with passage because they'll not understand then what you're looking for in piaf. They'll try to stay slow. And uh, so I spent a month working primarily on the piaf. And that was, I had my rider in the saddle and I would come behind him. And uh, until, you know, he really understood the concept and it really took him about a month and it, it's not, you can't call it piaf. He's, he's listening to your aids and reacting to them, but not always it's Nick losing his balance. You get three, four steps, then he loses balance and then you start again. So, uh, so he was fumbling a little bit, but what I thought, I couldn't even imagine I was going to get a passage. <laughs> and I thought, Oh my goodness, I'm thinking about this right now. This without someone behind or helping me in the front or whatever. Hmm. And uh, sure enough, you know, after about six, seven months, all of a sudden the lights went on for him. And uh, he was starting to let, oh, I get it. And you could tell he was having fun with it. And then, of course, you've got the transition going in and out of the Piaf and then to the Passage and Passage back to the Piaf. And what's nice about the IQ is they allow you forward movement in the Piaf. So because they're generally not going to be able to have the strength to do it on the spot for you for the 11, 12 steps that they require for the uh, IQ. And that's, that's understood. That's why these tests are developed this way, knowing what it uh, what it takes to develop the horse, and that that, if you would require something like that on the spot, would frustrate a horse. They wouldn't be ready to be to be able to do that for you. So, anyway, that it was very exciting to see. I figured he would have a good piaf because I know this bloodline, like the back of my hand, but it's it's PKL Rodiamont. So I feel like I have Rodiamont all over again, <laughs> and. He is piaffing and passaging like Rody. <laughs> oh, that's it, so nice. It's phenomenal, and it's growing. I tell you, the passage just keeps growing. I was working on the Adult Grand Prix this last week, and I'm just impressed at the volume. And it's, you know, it's just the tip of the iceberg. And then there's a whole other year of development to come, which is so exciting. So... He's already fantastic to hear about. Yeah. He has passages already, and I have, there's so much more potential. So, now, Lisa, there was, a, there was a whole bunch of really nice horses in the uh, developing St. George. Is there any advice that, that you have for, you know, horses and riders at that level that, you know, they're going to make the big step to the, to the developing Grand Prix? You know, is there anything that you, you could say to them? Yeah, that you you definitely take your time with it. Don't make that championship a, you know, pencil it in. Because when you get going, you're going to find you're going to have, you're going to hit walls from it. The horses are going to stagnate. They're going to struggle with certain aspects of these new concepts. And you want to definitely give them the time they need to fully understand what it is. And so that's why I was saying I didn't know quite where I was going with this right away. Um, and then when they came up, I was just like, oh, I'll start. You know, it's natural to want to start to begin thinking I2. And then when they came out with this program, it was perfect. I2 is your warm-up into this 
you know, short or baby going free. And uh, so it, it worked for me. But what I will say is if I didn't feel like Sarah was understanding concept, I wouldn't. You just don't want to push your horse to dates. You want a pencil dates. Dates are made to be erased. And it's really that people understand their horses and, and try to, you know, work with them accordingly. You really, really have to have a feel for, for things getting complicated and frustrating. And if you're really starting to hit a wall, back off. Just back back down again and then start over. And sometimes it just, these, you know, horses are also different. And the thing is, with Rodiamont, I tell you, those guys are little Albert Einsteins. It never failed. They're like a little chess opponent, actually. So your mind is constantly being asked to be a little quicker than they are. But uh, but there, I know that I've also had other horses that would not have developed as fast as he did, for instance. Would have needed more time. I was imp- I'm just thoroughly impressed with how much he's accomplished in really less than a year. So I guess my point is, don't think that you can take any eight-year-old and go from eight-year-old winning the Young Horse Championship, developing young horse, uh, developing championships directly into the Grand Prix and expect it to be like it was with Saro. We're, we're not, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing that happened for us, but don't think that that's the way it always is. You know, each horse is going to develop, and he happens to have the perfect little body. He's compact. It, things are easier for him to coordinate. If you have a bigger horse, like, for instance, a, a Paragon or something, just to compare and contrast, it may take them longer to develop into the Grand Prix or whichever horses, you know, when, when I have, I'm trying to think of some examples there from, from this year. But uh, just that people take time and really are aware and can listen to their horses. And, and don't think because I was able to go from one year this to the next year that, that that is uh, usual. It, it certainly isn't. And so I don't want people to get speedy about their training. Always take a deep breath and, and pay attention to that, what the horses are telling you as you're developing them. And Lisa, you do such a beautiful job. I've had the pleasure of watching you ride him and you guys just have full partnership and, and you're just amazing riding him and, and you can really see. So, uh, you know, congratulations on winning the first developing Grand Prix and for all your insight, Lisa, where can we find you online? I do. It's Lisa hyphen Wilcox.com. Perfect. That's easy. Yeah, that's great. Well, I had to think. I'm, I'm trying to give you an email address. <laughs> but Lisa yeah. Great. Well, we'll send our listeners uh, your way. And thanks so much for coming on the show. was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it was so nice of Lisa to return to the show. She was, she's, she was a regular in the very beginning of this show. She actually was one of the first guests on the Dressage Radio Show. And I'll never forget, uh, we were recording by Skype the one night, and she, she, she called in and she was on her video. She was sitting at a table by a lake outside in this beautiful property, sitting by a lake. And uh, she did the show from the side of the lake. She was co-hosting the show, and she was sitting there, and you could hear the birds singing. And 
she had her glass of wine and she was so happy. So <laughs> must have been a very she, serene interview. It was. <laughs> yeah, no she's stress. my hero, guys. Let's just face it; she's my hero <laughs> on many levels. Because she drinks <laughs> wine by a lake, or <laughs> yeah, and she rides. Yeah, I'd like to drink wine by lake, and she she she's just an amazing rider, and uh, you know, definitely talent for the United States. So I'm uh, so it was such an honor to have her have her on the show. Well, we have another guest coming up that I've known for many, many years, many years, actually, since she started the uh, Horse Girl TV, which is a video podcast. She was actually one of the pioneers in new media in the horse world. She was one of the first to approach new media, and she did it in the form of a short video podcast that she put out. It was twice a month or once a month. I can't remember now. And that was five or six years ago, and I've known her ever since then. And we've been in touch. She's been a regular guest on the shows here on the Horse Radio Network, and she has something fun. She w- a project that uh, she wants to uh, promote tonight. And I said, "Well, yeah, come on, let's do kind of do kind of a tip on training and exercise for the rider." So this is Angela Walkup, Horse Girl TV. Hi, Angela. Welcome to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi. Thank you guys for having me on. We are so excited because you are our first person to come on and talk about a rider fitness tip. So tell us about uh, your adventures. Well, um, we're about to launch the Equibar Fitness DVD, um, which has sort of been evolving for the last two years. It's a workout geared for the equestrian based on the ballet bar workout, which focuses on core strength, which we all know equestrians, it's kind of key to have good, solid core strength and upper body strength. So, yeah, that's Equibar. Wow. I've heard there's something here called Pure Bar, and it's supposed to be very, very difficult. Uh, Tell us, what is it? How do you do it? That's actually very similar to Equibar. That's, That's more like for mainstream. But it's a very similar workout. The only difference is they do it at an actual ballet bar in a studio, and we do it out in the stable at a jump or at a, um, a sawhorse or something like that. It's, it's just kind of translating into the horse world. But the concepts are very similar in that you focus on um, core and stretching and elongating the muscles rather than bodybuilding kind of thing, which riders, you want to kind of stretch your legs long around the horse. So that's is um, that's sort of the direction we're going with that. So the idea, Angela, is that you play the DVD and follow along, uh, you know, like a pretty standard fitness DVD idea, and you're following along in the barn, or, or can you do it, you know, in your living room, you or can, how is this You can designed? do it in the kitchen, in the living room, wherever you can. All you really need to do it, the, the idea is kind of cute too, that you get a group of people, you go to the stable and you do it, you know, at a jump standard or whatever, which is where we shot it, in an indoor, at a jump standard. Um, but you can do it in your kitchen, in your living room, as long as you have something that's kind of, you know, around waist high, you just need something that can mimic, um, and, you know, somewhat solid that can mimic a ballet kind of height because it's a lot of plies it's a lot of little jetés you know like small kicks and the thing about it is it's something that anybody can do Uh, it's not it's not impact it's fairly non-impact so it's something that it's kind of like yoga and pilates and all that combined and something that's a little bit more simple and user-friendly if that makes sense yeah, so how does it, so kind of talk us through what a regular workout would be. 
if if we you know we buy the video, how does it work? Do you have specific videos you guys per have day? To buy the video and watch the day. <laughs> exactly. Can you can you kind of elaborate for us how it works? Well, it's it's very simple in that you know if you've done a, if you've done a fitness DVD before, you know you have a warm up and then you have a strengthening and then you have a cool down. And so the DVD has two of those. One of them happens to be where there's actually a, a dressage rider in the background doing her thing that follows along with the warm-up and the strengthening and the cool-down, which is, you know, a little bit different than your average mainstream fitness DVD you buy off the shelf. But um, you warm up, you do some stretching, and then you really kind of get at the bar. You do um, a, lot of, a lot of repeats of simple sets, um, like low kicks, um, plies, toe taps, things that are going to stretch the muscles, but then also let them, them stretch out at the same time if, if, that, if, if that's the way to, to actually properly say it. Now, how is it geared for different levels of, of um, fitness for people? How does, you know, somebody, somebody who rides maybe once a week is, is maybe not as fit as uh, somebody who rides five horses a day. You know, I hope that the DVD can guide everybody to their own Thing and how is that done? No, and exactly. And so, so like, if it's, if it's something where, um, say, you're we're doing something with the leg on the bar, it's addressed in um, the workout. You know, it's go to your height and your comfort level. It's about form rather than about getting your head wrapped around your leg. It's more about having proper form, proper. You know, because when you sit, you want your hips. You know, you want your hips equally weighted. You want your legs wrapped and relaxed. And so again, like if, if we're at, if we're at the bar and you have your leg up on the bar and your hip is all cockeyed and you know one hip is higher than the other, then you need to lower the bar and relax your legs where you can actually get the strengthening and stretching exercise from it rather than just trying to get your high up, leg high up. So that um, that's sort of the way. It's there's not three levels that are done. I I work out to the average level. To the, to the medium level. And then it's also mentioned, you know, if you need your leg lower, if you can take it higher, that's great, but just work to where you're comfortable. Excellent. So, Angela, how do we get a hold of the video? Oh, gosh, we're, <laughs> we're in pre-sales right now. So we're, we're about, we're going to do the big launch in uh, Massachusetts in November because um, we're going up there for the absorbing 150th anniversary um celebration that they're having around it and so we'll actually be launching there the actual dvds will actually first be released hands are doing pre-sales right now the website equibar.com um it's e-q-u-i-b-a-r-r-e.com but um they can always get to me to watch girl to be if somebody's interested in um doing pre-sales right now uh, just to switch it up a little bit angela um i heard you're going to europe in the near future is that to do some riding? Ah, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, Glenn. Oh, yeah, Glenn. I'm so bad. I mentioned that to him in passing, just like thinking, oh, he's not going to say anything about that. That is um, not in stone. So the goal is to go back in the spring, summer. Um, and sadly, to be able to, to fit that into the schedule and the budget is, I'll sadly probably be missing Wellington this winter. But, um, the hope is to go to Holland and um, train three to six months and really confirm my guy at FEI, actually. 
Um, he's a really talented horse, and, and so I'm going to try to see how far we can go with that. So yeah, that's to, super exciting. Give a slap on the wrist for saying. <laughs> well, we hope you make it because we'd was... love to have you come back on the show and talk to us a little bit about what it's like the, and, and how it feels to train in Europe. So we will stay tuned. And where can we find you on the, online again? HorseGirlTV.com. So, Philip, we here at Maple Crest Farm, all the girls need to get the Equibar and uh, do it in, in, in the aisleway. I'm, I'm excited, kind of. I have to tell you something a little bit funny, actually. Earlier this year, I mean, people were talking about fitness and all this, and I've, I've never really been in a program about it. But then I thought, oh, you know, maybe I should do something. So for my birthday, um, Meredith got me um, passes to like a yoga thing. And I was like, you know, I was really excited to do it and all that. And it's been awesome. So I'm now going to expand and maybe go out into all other types of fitness things and, and it, you know, just the core strength and with the flexibility helping my, my riding, I think all these things are great. So Jeez, he's going to have perfect. a black belt in yoga soon. I know. Well, I, <laughs> I, know I, I, cut some, I cut some flack about it being the only good guy in the for class. You. All that. No, uh, no, good for you. I'm, no, you know, I, I'm used to being outnumbered by females. So this <laughs> just another At least on this show, I'm outnumbered. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I know. Yeah, we yeah. The two on one. But no, I, I totally agree with you. I and I would love to try the Equibar, but I also do some yoga. And uh, since I have started it, I have had far less injuries. I have a, a, a not great back, um, but when I really take the time every day, I have a video that I do and I like it. And when I take the time, I feel so much better. And it also helps me really be able to think about my horses and what I'm doing with each indiv- individual horse. Uh, when I don't do it, I really feel a difference. So uh, the, we're going to work in some rider tips and rider fitness because I think it really is important and it's the cross training that we can do. Um, so I think all our listeners will enjoy that. So Philip, we got a great email from coach Jen from the horse tip daily show. Uh, it was also a show on the horse radio network and coach Jen, it was awesome. Uh, we love her and she was talking about freestyles and how you design freestyles. And so we are going to, we, we love, love, love email or Facebook tips and or from all our listeners. And we will really try to get all the questions answered in a show and, and we and really enjoy having some content. We need that. So thank you. Thank you, Coach Jen. And listen to the Horse, uh, Horse Tip Daily Show. And you can find our show notes and links t- to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com. You can like us on face- Facebook. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I want to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Including mine, Horses in the Morning, live every morning. Horses in the great morning. show. It's, it's live. It's so Because much it's fun. live. Anything can happen. It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Well, everyone, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and have a great week.